0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Content to Cashflow podcast. And I am here with my dear sister, Jasmine Lowe. So let us get started. All right. It's time for (laughs) Content to Cashflow with Olivia Lee. The show all about helping entrepreneurs turn content to cashflow. Join me every week to become a better content marketer, turn followers into raving fans and clients, and monetize your message. Now let's get started with the host, me, Olivia Lee. All right, welcome. Actually you are to a natural me. at that. <laughs> You're just like, what is that lady doing?
1: <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't imagine seeing, I mean, I don't imagine. You you doing that next time I'm on Clubhouse moderating News, I'll imagine that already.
0: <laughs> yep, that's that's what I do behind camera. But welcome to my show, Jasmine, and it's really thank lovely you, to you. yeah see your face and also I would love to get to hear your stories. But before we get in. I just wanted to briefly uh, give a short introduction about you. First of all, I'm so excited to kind of learn about how the story of you overcoming your own adversities and how that made uh, you as the mother of transformation and how that became the core message of your brand. So... Everyone who doesn't who doesn't know Jasmine yet should check her out first. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to give a short introduction that Jasmine and I met on Clubhouse in a Woman Change Makers room, and that was the very first room that I spoke at. And for those of you who um, are going to listen to Kenneth's episode, we all met in that room, and that was a very com- comforting and loving room that we connected right away. So we still co-moderate the room together and a little about Jasmine is she's a co-founder of Always Awake LLP and she's known for turning her side hustle into her main business. She also wrote an ebook about uh, what you went through and she uh, you also started an empowering email newsletter and you left your 19 years in MNC corporate career as a systems and automation engineer in 2015. So we You would love to hear also about those stories as well. So Jasmine is also known as the mother of digital transformation. So let's learn all about her and how her life purpose is to inspire and give hope. So let's get some inspiration and hope from this lady. Welcome, Jasmine.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Liv, for the uh, beautiful and brilliant introduction. Okay, I will try to um, attempt to reply all your questions. But uh just in case I get kind of like, you no know, lost in thoughts, you just prompt me, what is the question? Yeah, because, sounds uh, good. I tend to be a bit uh like, I tend to like fast forward, think before mm-hmm. I could speak and mm-hmm. I, my words might be a little bit jumbled up in the end. <laughs> yeah. But people who knows me knows that if they have heard the whole entirety of the speech and if they are able to piece together some parts of it, they will know what I meant.
0: Right, right. So, You're good. Yeah. We, <laughs> we all have those squirrel moments for sure.
1: Yeah, thank you for, (laughs) for accommodating this part. Of
2: course, Mm. of course. Okay, so what
1: what would you like me to start with first? Maybe we'll start with that and we'll, Mm. we'll lead on from there. Yeah, sounds you gave good. me a very brilliant introduction and thank you for that.
0: Yeah, of course, because <laughs> you're a brilliant person, first of all. And yeah, so I, I know the stories that you went through, but I never really got to know more about the ebook that you wrote and the newsletter. So before we dive into that and how you made uh, your core message as a brand, could you share with us uh, the story of the adversities and the hard times that you went through?
1: Okay, I would say the, the latest uh, adversity that hit me real bad was back about six years ago, mm. which is in 2015. It was, I think, just maybe five days before the Lunar New Year. Mm. I actually had a uh, brain bleed, a stroke. It occurred uh, during work. And when I went back from lunch to work, I was in a meeting. Mm-hmm. And that was when I felt things was really out of sorts. I like, I thought at first I had a heat stroke or something like that. Uh-huh. So I was like trying to drink away the, the massive headache that was um, that was building at the back of my head. Right. And during and I was called to a meeting. And during the meeting, uh, I was the only, uh, youngest engineer there. While the rest were all like section managers or seniors and, and and stuff like that. So I was the only engineer there. So they were. It was quite an intense meeting because it was over mm. some. Some missed milestones and things like that. So I was there, but I wasn't really concentrating on the meeting because I was very bogged down by the headache. So you know, mm. one thing led to the other. I started throwing up like like crazy. Then later, I started to uh, not able to feel sensations from my legs down until to the waist, and I knew something was not <gasps> right. That was when in in between all the banter that was going on. Yes, I was hugging the the waste paper basket and throwing up while they were still carrying on the meeting. <laughs> Oh so <laughs> <laughs> well, was I don't know what you call that like, but um they mm-hmm. were like they they probably thought that I ate something bad so they didn't really um you know kind of like mm-hmm. think there was anything uh, um bad because uh mm-hmm. signs of stroke it's not very commonly known that uh vomiting is a sign mm-hmm. of stroke. Yeah. Right, so right. what I actually had was a, a brain bleed later we found out because when I realized I couldn't feel uh waist down, I knew mm-hmm. something was not right. So right. I actually paused the meeting then and I told my boss, mm. I said, could you call my husband? That was when I was still lucid and I had memories of right. uh I mean I could still recall my my, my husband's phone number. So That's uh, good. Mm. yeah, so he managed to get my husband. So I was asking my husband, so do you want me to send her home or how? So mm. my husband knowing that I have quite a high pain threshold,
2: mm. he told
1: my boss send her to the hospital straight away.
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: that was when um, my my colleagues then um, wanted to send me to the hospital so at first they were asking if I could walk by I told them no, I have total no control of my limbs anymore and Mm -hmm. they decided to call the uh, ambulance the emergency ambulance so fortunately for me was I Mm -hmm. arrived in the hospital just on time just before I kind of like passed out my last uh, memory was like going through, you know, being viewed through like in the hour of the emergency world probably. Mm-hmm. And I could hear like some conversations in the background, like people asking me about my name. At that point of time, I understood what they said, but I couldn't speak anymore. before really? it went to a, mm-hmm. Yeah, before I went to a blackout. <laughs> so, so yeah. So the next moment when I regained consciousness, apparently it was after the first brain uh, op. Uh, that was actually, uh, whereby several shunts was kind of like, you know, they drew several shunts, like mm-hmm. a sp- you know, to insert tubes into mm-hmm. my my brain to drain off the um, bleeding that was inside. <gasps> so, yeah, that was the that, that was the first that was the first op. Uh, so what they discovered was I actually had uh brain aneurysm rupture. So I was quite fortunate in the sense that for brain aneurysm rupture, which is this kind of brain bleed stroke, um, mm-hmm. the statistic is actually quite, fa- um, the, the fatality is actually quite high. It's like, upon aneurysm rupture in Singapore, I think one in three of them goes on the spot as they really? die. Yes, and the surviving ones, you know, the certain percentage makes it past the first surgery, another certain percentage makes it past the second surgery or subsequent ones. And, it seems like only 10% of the survivors are well enough to return to workforce. So wow. um, I was quite fortunate because uh, when I woke up, I was still quite feisty and uh, being a rebel <laughs> I was like, you. what am I doing in the hospital? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, can I get out? Then, <laughs> then, but that time, because I was under quite a lot of, um, I, I guess I was uh, being, um, what do you call that? Under mm. uh, uh, high, high anesthesia. So mm. I couldn't really move and talk much because I had tubes right. in in my right. mouth and I mean it's like as well as oxygen and, and feedings as well. So I practically can't speak. But when people talk to me, I know I want to speak and and that will kind of like get That's my good. blood pressure up because I'm trying to speak. I'm, I'm struggling to speak. And then in the end, every you know, I was I mean I was in the NICU, which is the uh, neural ICU for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, I had the, the that surgery first to drain off the, the blood. That is because. Um, mm. If they don't do that, um, I would actually just die from the pressure in the that build up in the in the head. Mm. Wow. So while they were while they have drained off the blood and stuff like that, um, I think I was also combating a slight infection. So the second surgery had to wait a little bit because I was having fever.
2: Mm. I mean, oh in between all this,
1: yeah, there will be a bit of fevering and stuff like that. So, <sighs> so the second surgery was. Oh yeah, I still remember one incident was when I when I woke up. I kinda like gained consciousness at one point of time. But I know at that point of time I was too tired, although I was in hospital. And in fact, um two days later my husband and I we actually had a staycation. So That's good. yeah, but I know I can't make it. So I actually woke up during that that few seconds of consciousness. I kinda like remembered that. And I asked my husband, what date is it? And then mm. he told me a date. And and then I said that. I just told him sorry because as meant I couldn't go because I know that time I was too, too um, mm. tired and I think right. probably I would need more a few more days to to recover. But I didn't know at how bad it was.
2: Right. So wow.
1: three days didn't know after that, that was it two days or three days after that? I can't remember. Mm. But several days about three three days also mm-hmm. after that um, was the. Uh, was the second surgery. Mm. So the second surgery was a little bit more critical mm-hmm. because I actually had two aneurysm on one artery. <gasps> so usually, for aneurysm up here, when people need to, when the doctors have to treat it, they actually have, uh, there are two types. One of them is the uh, endovascular coiling, whereby they insert a very thin, fine met- met- like a metal thread mm-hmm. through one of the big arteries on your legs and it goes all the way up to your brain mm-hmm. and they form a coil to kind of like clot that, that weak point which is uh, sorry, and, and, and the reason is like a ballooning of a vessel. Mm. So that when you balloon, right, the mm. walls get thin and that's when uh, uh, it can rupture and cause a brain bleed, a brain bleeding oh within goodness. the brain. Right, so right. Uh, when they do this, they are trying to clot it, make it hard and, so that it will not be ruptured right. again. Wow. Yeah, but for mine, is uh, it mm. had one, one artery. You know, it's like on, on this same vessel, I had two one here and mm. one here. So mm. they were on the same vessel. So endovascular coiling is not a viable option for me at all because they can go only one direction up. Right. So in the end, I had to do the traditional way, which is uh, actually, it involves brain craniotomy, mm. which means they actually cut off my skull. Mm. So I actually have have a very long incision all the, from here all the way here to here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they actually have to cut it off, pull back the flap and put in two titanium clips. So now, oh on this vessel, there, I have two clips here and here on each side to secure the aneurysm. Wow, that's a huge <laughs> surgery. Uh, It's it's quite a serious surgery. Yeah.
0: Right. I am but so at thankful the point that of... <laughs> you're safe and like you're here and just here talking with you. I had no idea the details that you had to go through. Oh, it's okay. Because,
1: I mean, under normal, normal conversations, I wouldn't share this detail, Right, right. (laughs) Because it will sound too lengthy, but since you allowed me to share it, I I just go on a little bit further.
0: No, of course. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for sharing something that, like, you know, could be a vulnerability for someone, but... You were definitely able to share that story, like, especially with the smile on your face, knowing that, you know, you went through what you went through and you're here with the bright smile on your face all the time. And I, because of all the positive energy and just vibe that you give off, like, every time I talk to you again, you have a beer in your hand, like, things like that. (laughs) I love that. I love your positive energy and it's so inspiring, even though I didn't go through what you went through, it's so inspiring to know that you know you turn that into a message of inspiration and your life goal is to inspire and to give hope so you're already doing that to me so i can only guess like to how many people you're also you know giving the same effect so thank you for sharing that story
1: yes thank you for allowing me to share so um Mm -hmm. that was the second surgery Mm -hmm. and i was fortunate to avoid a third one the third one Mm -hmm. was Remember I told you I, was, I, had, bre- I, I had bleeding in the brain and the, the, the excessive blood has to be <gasps> drained off using those uh, tubes mm-hmm. and shunts that is uh, being attached to my head mm-hmm. at that moment. So there was a possible third surgery, which is if my body is unable to drain off the blood in the brain naturally, they have to do a third surgery to fixate a, a tubing from the brain to my stomach to drain it off. So I was blessed. I don't have to do that because my body turns here in Chinese. Okay. Uh, my, my, my body um, uh, kind of like, well, it, it did what it should do. It mm. managed to drain it off. Mm, so I avoided the third surgery. And I was also quite fortunate because after the second surgery, there, mm-hmm. were, there were suspicions by the neurosurgeons that I might be part paralyzed because I had lesser, um, what do you call that, response on one side of my body. My... Yeah, so, but fortunately, um, well, I guess a lot of TLC and practice and things like that, I am still a little bit clumsy. I still tend to kick off, I mean, kick off things and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I still tend to, uh, I mean, in the beginning, I dropped quite a few glasses and stuff like that. <laughs> uh-huh. I can't pick up coins for shits. I mean, in the beginning, you know, like, unless it's I'm on the, the tray same. so I can scoop it up from the side of the tray. <laughs> yeah. So in the beginning was really a lot of um, my own my own form of practice and rehabilitation but Mm. but the main thing is thank god I don't have to go through a third surgery thank god I wasn't part paralyzed because these are really things that I have to be very thankful for right right and according to the neurosurgeons my my recovery was actually quite fast because of the extent that I went through I only spent about two weeks in the NICU which is the second dependent the second second dependency or high dependency ward Mm -hmm. so um after that, I was a week in the general ward, and then they didn't want to see me anymore.
0: They discussed mm. me. That's, that's <laughs> good when the doctor no longer wants to see you. That's a good sign. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So so after that, I'm 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 back to um what do you call that? Back back mm. home to recuperate mm. for. Mm. I I I think I had six months away from work
2: mm. before
1: the uh, hospitalization leave and stuff finished, and I went back to work. Mm. So that ordeal itself was one thing, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Surviving that is one thing. But I did it under a lot of uh, anesthesia and morphine. So I probably don't really feel, mm-hmm. the, feel the full effects of it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the recovery process thereafter and the lack of that I find myself suffering from was, in fact, a harder blow to me. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that I'm really a high flyer or stuff like that. I'm, I, I'm just someone mm-hmm. who works hard at climbing the corporate ladder back then you know mm-hmm. when 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 you're quite in green because like as i mentioned i had 19 years in in the corporate industry right. so i i was i was doing system automation engineering and i was having a a decent career path back then mm-hmm. so um being in the industry kind is a bit Demanding, mm. And we kind of like, because of the nature of my work and semi manufacturing is a 24-7 job. So my phone practically never off. Uh, it's, it's, my phone is not off. We are forever on standby. It's only whether do we get the chance to respond to it before it goes up to the next level. Right. That's stressful. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, you can say it's kind of stressful as well. Mm-hmm. So, but now the thing is, after I get back to office, Mm-hmm. Um, people tend to have the misconception that, hey, you recovered from your brain injury, you are back at work, so you should be 100% okay. Ooh. Not many people have the idea that I look fine, I see fine, I feel mm-hmm. fine, I mm-hmm. smile, I can joke, but they never know the mess I have inside because I'm struggling with a lot of things. And And after the brain injury, I actually have a very high sensory overload. Mm -hmm. meaning um i am very irritable to lights and sounds Mm -hmm. so it's like things like um any performance on stage or 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 sudden noises i i it will really you know amp me up as in like push me towards an anxiety stage Mm -hmm. so there are quite a few things that even back at that point of time i didn't realize it's only later on. Then I re- only later on. Then I find out that hey, this is these all these are actually normal towards mm. people who had a brain injury. Mm. But back then I didn't know, and right. I was even on the brink of treading depression because I used to be a high performance person. I can multitask pre- pretty easily. I mean, in the sense that high performance and multitasking. Mm-hmm. So I could be back then at work, I could be working on my laptop that's mm-hmm. extended to two secondary screens, um, doing data analysis, problem solving. Wow. Mm-hmm. My colleague could be beside me and I'm working on a problem and the office phone could be ringing. I'll pick it up, get a, you know, a, like a lot number to check and mm-hmm. tell them, give them some, dis- some disposition instructions and then hang out the phone, get back to my colleague. Then right. when she's done, back to my own data analysis. <laughs> right. So in that sense, high performing, mm-hmm. but after the stroke, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I was more like single track, doing one task at a time. Not to mention I am blocked down by frequent headaches. So all this adds up and I kind of like, at one point lowest, I could even feel myself at the brink of depression because I could be going back home and I'm just like, I mean, at the office I'm, I'm I'm very fine, okay. But when I go back home, I could be just very withdrawn um, I just don't want to speak sometimes at points I will find myself I don't know why no no rhyme or no reason one or two tears will just roll down my eyes. I don't know why and I was like no that isn't right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I, I've been through some personal development kind of uh, causes and stuff like that, so I know that wasn't right. so I know I hey I need to snap out of it okay. or I need to find a way to address this mm-hmm. because uh the way it was going I was even uh, entertaining thoughts of why didn't my stroke just take me instead of letting me to deal with all the after effects now? So I treaded that thin life line of like uh, the, the depressive state, I would say. Mm. So mm. Uh, yeah, then it's an ongoing process to be honest. It's a constant struggle. Things might look, this, I mean, things might look all right. You know, it's like how we put up with struggles in life. Sometimes we don't show it, you know, we right. look very smiley and strong, but inside we are a mess you're struggling, but nobody knows it. And not many people would understand if you talk about it either, because like for us, sometimes when I talk about it, then sometimes people would be saying, Hey, but I also do that too. I forget things. It's not usual. It's not the same because Mm. I know what it's Mm. like to forget things, but this is more than just forget things, something Mm. like that. So it's a constant struggle within our inner demons. It's actually quite similar to what life throws at you as well. Um, Hence, after all this, I actually thought that maybe, and plus, my, I I do have friends and, and siblings that told me, hey, maybe mm. you should just document what you experience, you know, kind of like mm. in case you forget again how. <laughs> so I said, okay, so I shall write a book. So I wrote a small ebook to document mm-hmm. what happened and mm. how I kind of like overcome it. Mm-hmm. So that ebook was called um, it is called Seven Effective Ways to Overcome Adversity.
2: Um. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know if you call it a hashtag or a dash.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: surviving stroke like a boss. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> so sounds that a lot like
2: you, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so in the end I wrote that ebook and I gave it away as a kind of like a lead magnet to mm. do my um my e- uh, my my email affiliate uh marketing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I also started to write the self-development email newsletters mm. and I love that. Yeah, and and from that, it's not just tips, tricks, even inspiring uh, inspiring stories and things like that. I send it to the subscribers on mm-hmm. on almost like every other day basis.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that was how it start and how right. it became a side hustle. The story comes on, I, you know, I went back to work. Yeah, I got a tag of top ten percent recovery. <laughs> but the thing is, I felt that you know, it's a constant struggle back then because I was battling um, the constant headaches. I was battling, you know, uh, the fatigue. Because um, after brain injury, you tend to have a kind of fatigue. And they call it brain fog. Um, brain that fog, yeah. It can occur anytime. And when it happens, sometimes, you know, when it hits, when you have the shutdown, you really shut down. You just like, you know, it's like a machine on and off switch. Ah, when it goes into a shutdown mode, ah, you can really just see that I am, I just crash. Mm. Yeah, so so um, the thing is, mitigate these brain forces, I try to time it, hopefully, that it only happens when I'm at home so that when it crashes, I just sleep. But sometimes it's really a struggle. So yeah, so after a year back in um, work, my Mm -hmm. husband and I were discussing this. So he was saying that, hey, look, it's not that I do not have skills, I could use my skills and help people because I'm in engineering, I figure things out. Yeah. I I do data analysis, I you know, I do systems integration, some mm. form of and he said that all these all could be used because mm-hmm. even when I was working back then, I was doing some side hustles like freelancing jobs by helping people set up their online presence, set up their mm. website, set up their their office network and things like that, you know, mm-hmm. all over the place. So I was like it does make sense. So why not that? So the blessings of my husband, I tented my resignation and turned the side hustle business into my main business. As for the the, the story of how I hmm. came up with the title of Mother of Digital Transformation, this was actually a coined by one of my friends. who mm-hmm. said that you know you are actually rescuing people's businesses. Is it you rescue them right from from uh, unscrupulous website developers and from people who kind of like screwed up the SEO because they paid for some uh, black hat SEO without realizing. I said, yeah, I did a few of those jobs. I yeah. And I have two dogs and two cats. Yep. I said, so that's (laughs) your mother. Right. Yeah. So I was like, wow, okay. Although it was quite a bold title, I felt. But he he says, and just embrace it. I said, okay. All right. I'll go with it. Mm -hmm. Embrace it. (laughs) So that's the whole thing of how the whole Mm -hmm. story started.
0: Right. Yep. Wow. That's a really like heartwarming <laughs> story. And like, I almost like teared up because I, I, I had no idea the things that you went through and the details and how just you know what you went through and you know when things are not the same, but to other people, they only see your bright energy and your smile. So they don't really know that. So I'm sure the transformation that you went through yourself is huge. And like you said, mother of transformation, digital transformation fits you perfectly. And like I mentioned too, um, you are like a mother figure. You're like a cool mom, like, um, you know, like beer drinking, like, <laughs> Hey kid, I'm a cool mom. <laughs> but, but you also have that motherly side of you. You have a big heart. When I went through my own struggles, you were there for me. You will, you were always there. You always landed me your hand. And yeah, I think that title fits you perfectly. So wh- whoever that friend was knows you very well. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Thank you so
1: much. Of course yeah, so that, mm. that's my story kind of in a nutshell not
0: so nutshell <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So could you kind of share what means what it means to you and your heart uh, mm-hmm. to be called the mother of digital transformation and what's your goal to try to help other people or other entrepreneurs with that transformation?
1: Okay. Why, why, mm. um, why I call... Okay, uh, first thing first is this title was coined by my friend. So it took mm. me a bit of courage to embrace it. But I do see some similarities and, and aptness to it. Because mm-hmm. if we talk about the whole digital journey of a business, it's actually a transformation process. Mm. It doesn't stop at one stake. Um, we talk about brick and mortar business. Let's say brick and mortar business is ground zero. Let's mm. say. So mm-hmm. for them to get online... To get mm-hmm. uh, customers to engage and follow, and followers to be, you know, convert them to loyal follow, followers, needs a lot of work in between. Example: getting their web presence, then later right. getting, you know, either SEO, SEM, or something to be done, mm-hmm. as well as your social media content, which you are an expert in. So, <laughs> so yeah, so the content there to engage the customer, let them know, like trust you, as, as well as you know, feel for you and go with you on the journey, and then only then you're able to get them to be your so-called loyal raving fans who will stick with your brand, you know. So this is a whole journey. And if we're just talking about brick and mortar businesses, or or we're talking about service-providing businesses, it's still a similar transformation process. Mm -hmm. Maybe at different points, they may branch off a bit differently, Mm -hmm. but still it's a whole process. So some people might just want to the, the presence all the way up to a web store, and they are happy with that. It's okay because once they are stagnant here, they will need the next transformation, and then only then we'll know what is the next process. So for me, is I find that perhaps is due to, um, due to my experience in the in the tech world, mm-hmm. I am able to see and spot trends quite easily, and when I look at businesses, um, I am able to kind of do. Basic business consulting on where they are and what they can be. Mm -hmm. At least to get them to a certain stage if they are willing to. Mm -hmm. And I can help them to that stage at least. Mm. So, this is what it's meant by the digital transformation with with regards to a business. As for the mother part, had explained, mother of two dogs, two cats, and like what you say, probably a caring, motherly figure who who rescues businesses from their distress.
0: Right. yeah i love it i love it I yes yeah, still i think that fits you perfectly and i think you should totally embrace it and um like the content that you have on instagram the whole the feed the puzzle feed i think that's perfect uh-huh. the character that you have it um like fits you it's smiling um and it's like this messages that you share inspire hope and basically inspire people in total so i i love Thank it you. and yeah and the fact that you didn't let your adversity kind of... Um you know, turn your down from doing something else, you fully embraced it, you use that to inspire other people, because we briefly talked before the interview, but people don't really have the courage sometimes, unless they see other people who went through something similar, take that leap and take that lead. And I think you're the perfect model uh, of doing that and turning your adversity into the core message of your brand and you as an inspired, person herself because you're you're not only sharing the stories with other people, your positive energy also gives people hope that, wow, Jasmine did it and I went through something similar or people in my life went through something similar, so this is possible and you remind people, hey, you're okay. So... Yeah, thank, thank you for, for noticing
1: that. that. To be honest, mm. in the beginning, I didn't know if this would affect anyone. Let, let me take a drink mm. of water. This.
0: Yeah, of course. And yeah, just listening yeah. to your stories was inspiring by itself. But just he- seeing your face and hearing the stories that you went through, th- through your own words, it already inspired me. So I can only wonder what kind of inspiration and hope that you can give to people who went through something similar, right? So, yeah, but mm. like
1: to be honest, in the beginning I didn't know if it would really be inspiring to anyone. So, mm. but when I did the email newsletter mm-hmm. thing, and I have subscribers writing back because I usually I end and the emails with "if you, you know, click reply and type yes if you enjoy this newsletter." Mm. I was surprised by the number of yeses I get from the many multiple emails, and some of them did write very uh, heartfelt. Uh, sharings of like what they are going through and they even say things i send me send me positive vibes or prayers Mm -hmm. things like that so it's like i do in i do interact with my email subscribers as well Mm -hmm. if i can i love
2: that as much Mm -hmm. as i
1: can even though if i don't interact but i would read their messages so i i Mm -hmm. am quite touched and Mm -hmm. humbled by the number of yeses that comes Mm -hmm. in so that in a way kind of like spurred me to carry on writing that and that Mm -hmm. email newsletter Uh, This is actually already five years old, but every now and then I still get hardcore Mm. uh, subscribers that write back and say yes. So it's quite amazing because some of these subscribers have been with me for several years. And Mm. if you know the attrition rates of of, um, email subscribers, especially Mm. if you are dabbling in affiliate marketing, you will know that not many subscribers do last more than a a year. (laughs) Mm. So I, I mean... I, I, I am not into building the number of um, email subscribers in that list or to so-called monetize it or whatever, but me mm-hmm. that is also part of like um, my life purpose of inspiring hope. If right. that message goes out and inspires someone to do good to someone else or mm-hmm. just hang on there for their family or something else, yeah, it's the purpose. Right.
0: Right. And also the whole purpose of my podcast is to turn content into cash flow. So you could even be inspiring people to, you know, the whole episode that we talked about today, turning your story and your adversity into your brand, you could even create a course or like coaching because for me, when I went through adversities of my own, what inspired Mm -hmm. me the most was seeing other people who went through something similar doing what I want to be doing. So could be inspiring more people on a deeper level by just touching their heart even ah. more. So, yeah, yes, I, yes, yes. I love that because it's very difficult to kind of maintain that deep connection and relationship, especially with the email newsletter, because you're just writing back and forth. But mm. how, how has... Then I have a question um, regarding the newsletter and the ebook that you wrote. So, what sure. were some of uh, the responses, like you said, or connections that you were able to make that maybe opened up new doors or new connections or new friendships through those ebook and newsletter? Is there any stories okay. that you remember
1: for for those? Usually, uh, mm. it, although it's like quite one way because I didn't. To be honest, I did not uh, put my contact information there except for my email. Mm. So there are some that do, you know, like one topic and that resonates mm-hmm. with them. They reply, mm-hmm. yes, and some mm-hmm. description or whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I reply them and there's a back and forth mm-hmm. on that email. So in that sense, connections are built. There are mm. quite a few of these uh, similar ones and some of some of them did uh, mainly were just to uh, they are just being very grateful and thankful mm. and saying that that email newsletter arrived at the right time because they were going through something or certain thing that the story in that newsletter touched them. Mm. So when they write back and relate with me that situation, I feel very, I feel very uh, warm, warm and fuzzy because right. I know that it hit them and it put them in a better space.
2: Right. Right.
1: So, um, I haven't really gone through the point of creating that into Mm -hmm. if they want to do a coaching with me yet. Mm. Because for those at that point of time, I wasn't really um, monetizing it much. I was mainly Mm. doing a bit of those like affiliate promotions, especially like if they are in terms of like personal development or health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So other than that, I haven't really done any content of my own for that yet. Mm. But Mm. um, it's something at the back of my mind that I Mm. wanted to do. Right. But I would probably need to free myself of mm-hmm. my current time in order to do that. Or mm-hmm. if not, then I could just, you know, like say, F it. I'll <laughs> just send one email newsletter and say that, okay, yeah. guys, I'm opening a short consultation, right. you know, and see how it goes." Yeah, i right. um, mm, Maybe I should do that one day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, I don't that's know, a good thing. We try, right? Right. Mm. And I, now I have a recorded proof of it. So in the future. <laughs> I'll hold you accountable.
1: Ah, <laughs> but, nice one, nice one. <laughs> right.
0: But um, what I love about our conversation today is that, like, you were just trying to figure out, I could monetize it this way. I could monetize it that way. As in, you're not just trying to make money from these people. You're just... Influencing and impacting people's lives on a deeper level. That's what I believe about turning content into cash flow. It just paying people tend to pay much more attention because they're that much more committed. See, but oh. the thing is you already have that core message and you already have that core vision. You're just trying to figure out a different, many different ways to monetize it. But a lot of the times, uh, what new entrepreneurs, coaches and like consultants and course creators are missing is I have all these ideas on how to monetize, but I don't know my why yet. And I don't know my um, core message, you know? Yeah. So like, who could I inspire? What problem could I solve? And what brand story should I embrace? Because everyone went through something if like, in their lifespan that they can turn into their core message or the core branding. So do you have any suggestions or ideas and inspiration to those people, new entrepreneurs who knows the ways to monetize, mm. but they don't have their core message or their core branding? Do you have any suggestions and inspiration for someone like that listening?
1: Okay. For, for this, I would say it's actually quite similar Mm -hmm. or we could kind of like take a tangent approach of what I shared in the seven ways to overcome adversity. Mm -hmm. The first one is actually having the right mindset, Mm -hmm. okay? Mainly it's like, um, be clear about how you want to help people because if it's really purely for the money, you probably won't get very far. You need to kind of like, I mean, of course, it will be for the money at some point of time. If not, it's no point to, to... to do it. But the thing is, which is a priority first. Mm. If your priority comes from looking at others, being in a better space, helping others along the journey, which you have treaded before, Mm. I guess people would be able to relate more uh, Mm. closely to you. Right. So I would say having the right mindset is one thing. Mm -hmm. Second second thing is to surround yourself with positive people. Mm. Why I say that is, you never know how draining it can be if Mm. you are with, you know, a group of negative people. It's like the whole place suddenly, Mm. uh, there's a very uh, heavy cloud that looms over you. Right, gloomy. But away from that group, you will feel a relief. Mm. So, and that way it could get you more clear-headed as well and... Or, or it's like sometimes, you know, when people say that when you um, uh, have like uh, lunch groups, mm-hmm. some people in the lunch groups tend to do nothing but complain about the bosses, complain about the work. Mm-hmm. So usually if I'm in certain lunch groups that are like this, I would try to avoid them or right. hang out with them less often. So that is my way of being, uh, being surrounded, being like trying to surround myself with the more positive people. Because mm-hmm. while you are facing a certain adversity, or while you are bogged down by certain things, you don't need the extra negative air <laughs> around right. you. Mm-hmm. So, so um, that is one thing, and and of course, another thing is you should invest in yourself. Okay, in, in the sense that if you pour into yourself, be regardless of um, either uh, causes or or even um, spirituality or, or whatever. But if you pour into yourself. Only then you're able to overflow and pass it on to others. Mm. This is what I believe. So the next one is have faith. Faith doesn't really mean religion. Okay. I mean, you can take it that way as well, but having faith is believing in the greater good, believing in something better, you know, or believing what you are doing can help that at least one person
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or something like that. So have faith, have faith Mm -hmm. in yourself Mm -hmm. and have faith in, Maybe I, you want to call it the system or the people around you.
2: Have faith. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So the next thing is count your victories. Count mm-hmm. your victories is, uh, some people might think that must be a very big win. Like I got my first 1K customer, then that's mm-hmm. count it as a victory. No. Mm-hmm. Come on. Getting a website online is a victory. Thinking of your brand name is a victory. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> things like that. So count your victories. Small victories as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you could also count small victories because once you have small victories, then um, it will only spur you to count the bigger ones. Mm. So count your victories. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the last one, which I suggested to people back then in my book, but now it may or may not be relevant, but I would still believe it is because I purposely got a fountain pen to, to, to reinforce this. I the, love the, it. the last one, actually, sorry, the seventh one is right as in Mm -hmm. writing so Mm -hmm. I actually got myself a fountain pen just for this to like kind of like get me back in the groove which Mm is I wanted to get back into the the habit of you know in my spare time or maybe hopefully the goal is make it as a morning routine but it doesn't have to be you know I reach it now immediately I can be in my spare time first
2: just Mm
1: -hmm. pour my ideas in a notepad Mm -hmm. just write right you never know, but writing somehow does get some creative juices flowing, mm-hmm. or it can give you that inspirational idea or something like that. Mm-hmm. The, you, you'll be quite surprised that quite a lot of copywriters, when they do this writing, mm-hmm. they, they, they kind of like pour it out, and it can sort of like, um, in a way, subconsciously feed it back to them as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And these could be ideas that might give you your next product or next idea mm. to do something, I mean you mm-hmm. never know, but write. right Or it could even be just a if worse comes to worse if you find that it doesn't uh impact you at all, but it could be something that you could probably hand over to I don't know your kids or whatever. Yeah. Let them see how crazy you are last time when you are younger. Mm-hmm. I mean I I I, I, but I believe that there are there are there are the effects of writing. So mm. I mean just write you don't have to form perfect grammars, yeah sentences right. or whatever. You can even draw. But mm-hmm. when you do that, your brain starts to move. Mm-hmm. You will count the... I said You will get the ideas flowing.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: So I, I guess these seven ways that I shared in the book could also be part of the way to mm-hmm. let them find the core message to
0: mm-hmm.
1: turn it into their business, the content of it. Right.
0: Wow. That was so inspiring. And like, we... <laughs> Like some of the points that you uh, touched up on, I'm I'm just like that is so true. I'm going to have to try that. And um, like I also love like physically writing things down. So it took me forever to transition from my old good old notebook to my um, Google Calendar, which was a huge process for me because I tend to write everything down. But then now it's everything's digital. But we tend to forget that actually writing things down, our brain tends to remember it better. And even just like talking, like you said, surround yourself with positive, like-minded people because just talking with you, with your positive energy and all this hope and inspiration and faith, just oozing out to the other side (laughs) of the monitor screen, I'm inspired, I'm getting new ideas. And just by talking with you, I'm getting all these ideas on like, Oh wow, this is great. How can we turn this into a different like campaign or a different project, etc. But when we talk to negative people, like even the story, even a story that maybe you went through, if a negative person views it in a negative way, they can make so like endless excuses. Oh, I can't do this because I went through that. I can't do that because I went through this, blah blah blah. But with a positive mindset and with positive people around, it's I can do this. Because I went through this story, I can inspire these people because I specifically went through this that they'll be able to resonate with. So that was so powerful. Like if. Exactly. You got it. Yeah. For people who's listening, like if you're not fired up and inspired like I am, like you get, you need to go back and listen to it again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm in a preaching like fired up mode right now. Okay, but, but
1: mm. obviously the, the last part is to do it. Lah.
0: <laughs> yes, take actions. It doesn't take end up thinking. <laughs> I mm. love that you mentioned it because no matter how much thinking that we do, if we don't take actions, it will forever stay in our brain and or in our notebook and not be transformed into uh, something. It will just something. be part in your neurons, that's all. <laughs> right. And I, I love that the fact that you mentioned that and how you're the mother of digital transformation. It all makes sense.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. So hopefully it does rescue some people from certain mind mind block mm. now. And mm-hmm. just like how I rescue their websites from the Google Slab or from you know unscrupulous web developers. <laughs> right. And and, hopefully um, it, it rescues mm-hmm. you from a certain mind block now.
0: Right, right. I love it. And for before we wrap up, did you have any um, last word on how people can connect with you? Maybe, I'm sure some people are wondering, like, how can I get my hands on her book? How can I be part of her email newsletter? Um, so is there a, a link that people can check out? How can they best connect with you online?
1: For sure. Um, okay, on, on my Instagram, there's actually a link directly. It's called JasmineLow.com slash tree. Mm-hmm. so it's j-s-m-i-n-e-l-h dot c-o-m slash l-i-n-k-t-r-e-e from there they should be able to uh, connect mm-hmm. with me through the various buttons or if mm-hmm. it's too long to remember just remember com. you should be able to okay. find your way there <laughs>
0: Right. And of course, for people who are listening to the podcast, I'm going to make all the uh, clickable links in the description so you'll be able to connect with Jasmine on a different level, say hi to her, um, tell her how inspiring this was, and maybe go like her furry babies' pictures, etc.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a TikTok that I post daily about my, my furry babies. <laughs> right. You
0: have adorable babies. <laughs> but <laughs> thank, thank you, you, Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again for your time and for sharing your stories on the show. And thank you for being here. So You're most welcome. It's my
1: pleasure to be on your show. <laughs>
0: thank you. And before we wrap up, I just wanted to quickly say this was Jasmine Lowe, everyone, the mother of hey, digital hey, transformation. Hey, <laughs> <Olivia>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I got the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> so today, Jasmine's story. I hope uh, you're able to feel inspired, get some hope and faith, and take what she shared into maybe shaping your own core message of your brand. Because no matter what you went through, you can inspire people. Right, Jasmine? (laughs) (laughs) Thumbs up. All right. Thumbs up. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for being here, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye! Bye! Bye.